end of Matthew's account of Jesus' life, uh, what's known as the Great Commission. I'm going to read you uh, these uh, verses uh, from Matthew chapter 28 and verse 16, and they'll be up on the screen. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Well, we're going to do a little bit of thinking about those verses for a few moments now in a way that I hope um, uh, will pitch into all ages uh, for a moment or two. Um, and I'm, I'm guessing that this door up here that you've probably noticed with these funny letters on, I have a hunch that it's got something to do with the passage that we've just been reading. But for the life of me, I can't work out what it's all about. But, oh, hello, here's somebody who might be able to help. Hello, Mr. Oliver, that's a funny name. I, I guess it is. It's, it, my full name is Mr. C.F. Oliver. C.F. Oliver, that's still a pretty funny name. Call me by my first name, Christian. Oh, Christian Follower. Oh, I see. Very good. Okay, um, well, look, Mr. Oliver, uh, I, I was trying to help. What if you could help me work out what this door's all about? It's got funny letters on it, says things at the top. What's it all about? Oh, oh it's simple. It's, it's the way. It's the way Jesus gave us to follow him. Uh, and if you excuse me, I've just got to pop through. So, but you haven't told me about... Oh, he's gone. I, I was hoping he was to tell me about the letters on the door, and he's just disappeared. I don't understand what this MD means. I mean, what could that be? Oh, hang on a minute. I think he's coming back. Oh, hello. You, you, you look as though you've been travelling. Oh, been Australia. Oh, have you? Yeah. Well, that's very interesting, but um, before we talk about that, can you tell me about this MD business? What's that all about? Oh, MD, that, that's, that's simple. It's make disciples. It's what I've been doing down under, because Jesus says it. Go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, and, ah, excuse me, I've got to, I've got to I go see. again. Sorry, so, sorry. But the next... Oh, look, he's gone again. He's gone again. And I, he hasn't told me anything about the next letters, but at least I've got the first two, MD, make disciples. Well, uh, that's pretty clear. Oh, wait a minute, I think I can hear him. I think he might be coming back. Oh. Oh. You look as though... You look a bit wet, Mr. Oliver. And... And you look as though you might have been swimming or something. Yeah, sorry, I didn't, didn't quite finish the instructions. It was, go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So, yeah, I got, got a bit wet. Oh, I see. But, um, so all of that's... Sorry, in... got to... Got to You're go not again. going again, yeah, are you? sorry, sorry. Now, hang on, you still haven't done all of... He just keeps coming and going. Every time I think we're getting somewhere, he disappears again. 
Anyway, I've got the first thing clear. MD means go and make disciples of all nations. And, and then when they become a disciple, they have to get baptized as a sign to show everything that Jesus has done for them. Oh, well, that bit's clear anyway. Oh, dear. Oh, Mr. Oliver. You, you look as though you've been, been in the wars. What, what's happened? Not everyone likes hearing about Jesus. Not everyone likes hearing about Jesus. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. Well, I suppose overseas, all those language barriers oh, oh, and no, 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 cultural no, no, no. differences. This, this was down on Midsummer Common. Oh, was it? Oh, Mr. Oliver. Well, you don't want to go getting into trouble. Tell you what, keep a low profile. Just go shush on this Jesus business. You, you don't want all this bother. No, 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 I can't do that. Not after what he said. What do you mean? What did he say? Oh, AA. Oh, I've been thinking about that one. Automobile Association? No. American Airlines? No. Alcohol? No, 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 no. Uh, all authority. That's what Jesus said. Oh. I've been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. So you see, I, I can't keep quiet. Jesus isn't just someone... That, that's an optional extra. He's Lord of, of everyone, everywhere. And so I want to I tell people about him. Oh, I see. So be, because he's got all authority, you have to go and make disciples. Yeah, yeah, but I'm going to hit the books as well now, actually. What, what do you mean? Well, well there's a lot of, lot of reading, a lot of thinking to be done. Why? What have we got to do all this reading and thinking for? Oh, for the, for the O.E., O-E. Occupationally exhausting? Not quite. Odd eccentric? No, no, no. What's O-E, Mr. Oliver? Uh, Obey everything. It's what what Jesus said next. Go make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Oh, I see. I I think I'm beginning to get it. So you've got to... If people are going to follow Jesus then they need to know what he said to know how to follow him. Exactly. I think you might be catching on, actually, now. Um, but excuse me, got, got a bit of teaching to do. Oh, okay. I, I think I might be gradually beginning to get it. Because Jesus has all authority, everyone needs to hear about him so that they can become disciples, so that they can be made to be disciples of Jesus. But then to be a disciple, you've got to know how to follow Jesus how to obey everything that he says. Oh, okay, it's beginning to come together, but we still haven't quite finished... Oh, hello. Hello. Mr. Waller, I've been thinking about you. Thank you. And, and, and I've, I just think it looks really exhausting. All this coming and going, all this studying you have to do. And, and it just, just must be pretty tough out there on your own, doing all of that stuff. Oh, no, I'm not on my own. That's not what Jesus says. What do you mean you're not on your own? It's W-U. W-U? What's that, a sort of vegetarian version of West Ham United? I thought thought you were getting it, maybe not. No, no, with you. Oh. With you. It's it's one of the last things Jesus says. I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. It's what he promises, that him, through his spirit, will be with his people through everything. Mr. Oral, this is very exciting. I think I get it now. This Jesus, 
He has all authority over everyone, everywhere. And that's why you want to tell people about him, make them disciples so that they can follow him because he's the best. Um, and, And they need to know everything that he taught so that they can follow him just like the way he wants to be followed and they can obey everything. And as you're doing all of that, Jesus himself is with you every bit of the way. Exactly, you got it. It'd be a great thing to pray about. Oh, good idea. I might do that. Should we pray together? Now, Father God, how we thank you for these startling words of Jesus as he spoke to his disciples before returning to you in glory. Uh, telling them that he is the one uh, who has all authority. Uh, Sending them out, as indeed he sends uh, us out as his followers today, uh, to make disciples uh, of people from uh, from every nation uh, and from every part of this city that we live in. Um, That we might all obey you and enjoy the blessing that comes because of that. And uh, uh, knowing that as we do that, you are indeed with us. Uh, Father, we praise you for these things. And we ask, us that, we ask that you would enable us to be faithful. Uh, in Jesus' name. Amen. Draw you, draw you back from those conversations. Um, and, and let me add my welcome to those uh, as well who are watching, uh, watching at home on, on the live stream. If you've got a Bible nearby or an app, Uh, We've looked at Matthew 28. We're going to look a little bit at uh, one verse from Paul's letter to uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. So if you have a Bible um, or or, uh, a Bible on your your phone or something like that, do do turn up, uh, do turn to that now as we think about this Vision Sunday. We've thought already this morning that the church has a a mission, uh, a mission to the world. In a sense, there is a door before us. Uh, but this year, I, I think more than any other year uh, in recent history anyway, uh, in recent times, what lies beyond feels much more uncertain. So, so how do we set a course? How, how do we set our course as a church family together? Well, well, the writer to the Hebrews would say, not by the shifting fortunes of the world around us. Uh, no, we are to fix our eyes on Jesus, the, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And and Paul in this verse from 2 Corinthians might say to those of us who at times feel overwhelmed by just all the things that we don't know, and there's lots of things that we don't know. Well, he might say to us, look, here is something you do know. For we know the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, Yet for your sake, he became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. The Lord Jesus spent himself, well, he spent himself generously for others. Uh, you know how the gospel works. It's, it's his death, your life. It's his cost, your gain. It's his poverty, your riches. And I think it, it gives us at least one kind of definition uh, for generosity for the Christian. And that might be something like this. Look, despite cost, despite cost, wanting to make others rich in their experience of God's grace. 
Uh, Rosaria Butterfield wrote a book back in 2018 that was called The Gospel Comes with a House Key. It's a really evocative title, isn't it? The Gospel Comes with a House Key. And as soon as you hear it, it, you get what she's saying, the kind of question that's being asked. What kind of person, uh, what kind of character stands behind the Christian good news? And as as soon as you think that, you you realize we're we're back to this door again. But now it's not one that's closed no, the gospel says that there's a, there's a door that's, that's been opened wide for us. Uh, the generosity of God, uh, that in Jesus we have been, we've been welcomed into to God's home. We've been made part of the family. We're being helped to grow. And it's those things we, we sometimes say are, are part of the foundation for us as a church family here. Belonging, saved for Jesus. Uh, community, family, together in Jesus. Maturity, growing like Jesus. Uh, So in lots of ways, we don't know what the next 12 months will bring for us in in terms of restrictions or or health or bank balances or jobs or homes. We don't know all those things. They're, if you like, they're they're behind a closed door. Uh, But we know what grace looks like. Uh, There is an open door. We know what grace looks like, and it looks generous. It it looks like Jesus, who despite cost, wanted to make others rich in their experience of God's grace. So so here's the course that we're going to set as a church family this year. When when we ask, how are we to go about our our mission to the world? In, In this part of the world where God has put us, uh, how will we engage with a lost world from, from down on Midsummer Common, by the river, to Australia or, or to Ethiopia where we sent mission partners? How will lost people come to know this generous saving God? Well, here's at least part of the way. Because we've come into God's family, if we're Christian people, if we're if we're in God's family, have you ever thought of it this way? That in a sense that his front door has become our front door. And we're to reflect the same kind of generosity to the world around us. You, you know this. There's, there's all sorts of anxiety. I have a friend who says that feels like it's, everyone has got an extra 20% of anxiety at the moment. And with all that going on, the temptation is often to hunker down. To think, just look after ourselves. But Here's one thing we want to be clear about as we set a vision for our church family over this year, and that's that the world needs the church to be generous. Cambridge gets talked about because of the kind of jobs here. Some people think it's, it's protected in all sorts of ways, but it's not any more protected from the thing that it most needs. The Cambridge needs Christchurch to be generous. So this year, we're going to commit ourselves under God to growing as a generous church. And that's not, you hear that, and don't think that's just money. No, it'll be in many different ways, despite cost, wanting to make others rich in their experience of God's grace. I was talking to someone about this during the week, and, and they said, well, what does Christian generosity look like then? It's a good question. I thought about a number of different things, and I thought, look, you can... It can even look like a cup of tea. And I remembered a a student I knew from York after they graduated. They got a job as a teacher up in Stockton in the Northeast. 
And one day they were out in their back garden hanging up the washing. They came back into the house and they heard a noise upstairs. Um, I don't know how you feel when you hear something like that. And they went to the bottom of the stairs and they shouted, I can hear you, come out. And out came a large man wearing a ski mask and had a bag that they'd been filling up with stuff. You feel it something like that. And this former student said, look, you're obviously here to rob me. Um, That was kind of obvious, wasn't it? They were quite smart like that. You're obviously here to rob me. And you're much bigger than me. So there's no way I could stop you. And I'm not going to try. If you want to, you could push right past me. Or you could come into the kitchen and you can sit down and I'll make you a cup of tea and I'll tell you about someone who could change your life forever. True story. Can you imagine having that kind of instinct? I'm not saying everyone's going to react exactly the same way, but can you imagine having that kind of instinct that faced with loss to yourself What you think is, I want to make someone else rich in their experience of God's grace. And do you feel the challenge when you hear that? Do you feel the challenge of of Christian generosity? But along with it, do you feel something of the excitement of of Christian generosity? What if we grew a bit more like that? Now, now I often think in order to be generous, I've got to have plenty of stuff. But Paul once described his ministry like this. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, yet possessing everything. You think about what he's saying, and it's, I guess it's something like this, that Paul's saying often he felt like he had nothing to offer materially or, or emotionally. But he knew the gospel. He understood the good news about the Lord Jesus, and so despite cost... He wanted to make others rich in their experience of God's grace. And you think about us as a church family at the moment, and we can hardly even meet together. We come into a church building, we're spread out, we've got to have face coverings on. Sundays, at times, I guess most of us will feel, even as we're enjoying meeting together, Sundays feel a bit sorrowful. They're not as rich as they used to be. And you think, what have we got to offer? Let's wait. Let's wait until we feel a bit more up to it. But no, we're persuaded. The uh, The world needs the church to be generous now. And I guess it's that kind of thinking that that already motivates people here with with busy jobs, feeling time poor to to serve amongst our our young people on on a Friday night. Time poor. Yeah, on Friday nights, trying to make many rich. So you don't need very much to be generous. All you need really is is a cup of tea or or a Friday evening. You get something to give in Jesus' name. But how do we grow like that? The world needs the church to be generous. But here's the other thing we want to be clear as we head into this year. The world needs the church to be generous, but... But we need God to make us generous. Paul, early in this letter, writing about the generosity of some Christians, he describes it as a gift of grace. And you understand what he's getting at. Generosity is not in the first place something that we give to God. It's something that God gives to us. 
Someone put it like this, uh, Jesus Christ is gloriously happy in being generous. When he asks us to give, it's not our stuff he wants, it's our happiness. He wants us to enjoy the kind of life that he has, but it's a gift that, that comes from him. And so, and so we're go- we'll need to, because it's a gift, we'll need to begin with prayer. That's why Steve's mentioned we're heading into this week of prayer. There's restrictions on on how we can gather. We don't want to do uh, everything on Zoom. So we've come up with four other ways that we can pray together. Morning prayer online. There'll be little videos you can, you can link in for. Praying with friends and family. Praying in our small groups. And then that day of prayer on Saturday at the end. There's resources on our website for, for all ages in our church family. So that next week in our week of prayer, and then beyond that in Prayer 150, we're going to pray because, because the world needs the church to be generous. And we need God to, to make us generous. But alongside that, recognizing that, we do want to make some plans to be generous. And so there's three broad areas that, uh, that we're always wanting to be thinking about. Uh, being generous in, in speaking the good news to others. Being generous in serving among the church family. That might be a role or just the way... We show up and gather and encourage one another on Sundays. And, and being generous in, in sharing with our neighbors beyond the doors here in our community and beyond. And so this autumn, alongside things like tackling life next week in Christianity Explored that we're going to run, wanting to, to share the good news. We don't quite know how we're going to run all of those yet. But alongside those things, Michael, who's, who's a new staff member, he's going to run three evenings in November about how to share the good news with others. And you might think as you hear that, I wouldn't even know where to begin. Well, you could begin with this. The first act of generosity, giving three evenings in November to come along and see if God might grow you. Grow you in generously wanting to share the good news with others. Maybe not even growing and being really good at it. But just being growing in, being generous at it. And I think I know which would have greater value in God's sight. Oh, you, um, as we head towards Christmas as well, I don't know how you're feeling about that. I think for many of us, we're feeling this Christmas is going to be a poorer version of every Christmas that's gone before. But the generosity of Christmas hasn't changed. And despite the cost... As a church, we, we want to make others rich in their experience of God's grace. So uh, the staff team and some others in the church family have already begun thinking, look, what different ways can we put the gift of Christmas before people? And I suspect as we think about other things, they will require generosity from us all, musicians, those with creative gifts, those who are just good at inviting or being with other people. Uh, one of the artists in the church family has already started working on some sketches for, for some graphics and images that we might be able to use in our Christmas designs. God might give you a generous idea for something just among your neighbors, and despite cost, uh, wanting to make others rich in their experience of God's grace. And then as we head into the new year, we're going to be encouraging all of our small groups to make use of this resource, the Generosity Project. Six weeks 
Uh, we're going to look at the Bible together and pray, thinking about God growing us as generous people. And who knows what ideas might come up from that. If you're not part of some kind of small group already, that would be a great thing to do in the new year. Give yourself to that and see how God might grow us. And you'll know as well as, as me, people are talking about uh, anxiety growing, issues to do with mental health. As a church, we've been blessed with the, the ministry of Biblical Counseling uh, UK. And one of the ways people can serve others in the church family is providing particular pastoral care. One of the courses that BC UK runs is Dynamics of Biblical Change. And we think that might be something that would help people serve generously in this way. And so in the new year, we're going to try and get a group of people from the church family here who will commit to do this course with others, to be encouraging them, and then thinking, Lord, is there a way I could use what I've learned to serve in the church family? Uh, There will be a cost to that, not least in time. But maybe this is something for you where you think, despite cost, wanting to make others rich in their experience of God's grace. And across the year, we're also going to be thinking, how can we show Christian generosity to our neighbors around the area? And we've got a Beesum project coming up in October. Matt Bennington will will tell us a bit more about that in, in the next week or so, looking to offer practical help to those who need And the things we've mentioned this morning, it's not everything because generous actions flow from a generous heart. And if God grows us this way, who knows what else might happen across the church family, from the youngest to the oldest, from from those in Sunday Club, to Pathfinders, to Grafted, to Tuesday Central, to, to small groups, all of us asking God, is there a way that we could be just a little bit more generous with the gospel. And despite cost, and wanting to make others rich in their experience of God's grace, wanting a lost world to see the only Savior who really is generous. We don't know what the year ahead holds in all sorts of ways. But this year, we are going to keep saying to one another what we do know. For we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake, he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And as a church family, we're going to ask God to grow us in that generosity. We're going to be led in prayer towards that end now. Rachel's going to come and lead us in prayer.